0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Yankees, your daily podcast covering the New York Yankees. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Stacey Gonzullius. I'm an author of Baseball Prospectus. I run their local Yankees site, BP Bronx, and my work can be seen on the Hardball Times, Sporting News, and if you go a few years back, ESPN.com. In today's episode, we'll examine the Yankees' 12 inning win over the Marlins and look ahead to Wednesday night's pitching matchup. We'll also discuss more injuries for the Yankees. They seem to be dropping like flies. And Pedro Martinez has placed himself back into the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. You'll find out what he said and why I think he should keep quiet. Last night's game while a win and positive was extremely frustrating to watch because a team that is now one game away from 80 wins and a team who is currently 32 games over 500 should not have a problem beating the Miami Marlins. It just shouldn't be. poor Matsuhiro Tanaka pitched a quality start. Only gave up one run on a home run, of course, because that usually happens. And just like the last game he pitched, he barely got any run support. The game was tied 1-1 until the 12th inning when the Yankees finally Drove in another run. But before we get to that, let's just talk about the whole game. Giancarlo Stanton made his return to Miami, got a standing ovation in his first at bat. It was very nice to see. And then he promptly hit a single into left. But Hicks hit into a double play, which stranded Stanton at first. And Stanton finished the game two for six. He didn't get his 300th home run yet. Maybe that'll happen tonight. Masahiro Tanaka led off the home half of the first inning, the bottom of the first, with a walk. But he picked off. Rafael Ortega to get out of the inning. Now, the Yankees stranded runners in scoring position in the second and third innings. But they finally got out of it. Got out of that pattern, I should say, in the fourth inning. Neil Walker hit an RBI single. And it gave the Yankees a one nothing lead. Now, um, Tanaka came up with the bases loaded, and thankfully, he didn't have to run again. And I have to say, my hamstrings are barking at me right now because I was doing some heavy lifting on Monday and a lot of going up and down stairs, and I'm not in great shape And wow, when you hurt both hamstrings, it is really hard to walk. So I feel for Tanaka and understand the injury that he went through (laughs) when he (laughs) hurt his legs running the bases against the Mets. So I give him credit for uh, coming back from that because I am in agony right now. This is just really bad. But anyway, let's go back to the game. So in the bottom of the fifth, Austin Dean, who I've never heard of before last night, led off the bottom of the fifth with a home run into the sculpture, which meant the sculpture went off. I really hope Derek Jeter doesn't get rid of that thing. And I've said since the park opened that the Marlins should sell mini versions of of the home run sculpture that you could put on your desk at work. So whenever you finish a project, you can hit it and it'll set it, set it off. I don't know why they haven't done that yet, but they need to get on that um, before Derek Jeter rips that thing out of the stadium. So the game was tied one, one after Dean's home run and, you know, Tanaka didn't look that great, but it was the Marlins. So thankfully, there was no more damage after that home run. And uh, he finished with a quality start. Now, the rest of the game was a battle of the bullpens. And both Zach Britton and Dylan Betances pitched scoreless innings. And the Yankees had a chance to possibly take the lead in the ninth inning. But Romine struck out, and Brett Gardner and Ronald Theres flew out to end the inning. Chad Green came in to pitch to the bottom of the ninth, and he walked Riel Mutu, Muto, excuse me, to start the inning. Then Brian Anderson hit a single. Advancing Real Muto to third base, which meant the winning run was only 90 feet away. He then struck out Derek Dietrich, walked Starling Castro to load the bases with Dean, the hero of the fifth inning, up to bat. Thankfully, he struck out swinging. And then JT Riddle, thank goodness, made the third out. So, Green pulled a Houdini, a la David Robertson. Thank goodness. And then the Yankees went down in order in the 10th. Jonathan Holder came in to pitch the home half of the 10th inning. And he worked a scoreless frame. Thank goodness. Because Holder is iffy. Sometimes he's good and sometimes he's atrocious. So the game went into the 11th inning. And Drew Rosinski, who set the... It was the heart of the Yankees order that went down in the 10th inning. And he did it again in the 11th inning. And at that point, the Marlins' bullpen had pitched five innings, and the Yankees only had one hit. That's so great. They're so bad sometimes. And I know complaining about a team who I mentioned earlier is 32 games over 500 seems ridiculous, but again, you're playing against the Marlins. You should be doing better than this. So A.J. Cole came in and walked Anderson to lead off the 11th inning. Dietrich hit a single. He walked Starling Castro, of all people, to load the bases again. And so for the second inning in a row, the Yankees had to work their way out of a bases loaded jam. And they did. Cole did it. He's another guy who sometimes he looks good and then other times... He's just a dumpster fire (laughs) on the pitching mound. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, um, the Marlins left the bases loaded again. The winning run was only 90 feet away again, and they screwed it up. Thank goodness. So Cole also pulled off a Houdini inning a la D-Rob who wasn't in the game, and we'll get to that later. So after that inning, Kyle Higashioka, I'm sorry, I'm clearing my throat every five seconds. I don't know why I'm so raspy today. I think it might be allergies. So Higgy led off with a single. Brett Gardner walked. And Stanton came up with a runner in scoring position and he struck out. But Javi Guerra hit Aaron Hicks, which loaded the bases for Miguel Andujar. And he hit a sack fly. Hallelujah. Higgy was safe at home. The throw was definitely not anywhere close to him. And. With a two-run lead, going into the 12th inning, Aroldis Chapman came in to close out the game. And then he left with an injury after walking the only batter that he faced. He came out after six pitches. And Yankee fans all over the place gasped because another player is having injury issues. So Tommy Canely was the last man standing in the bullpen. And thank goodness, he got through it. Now, after Chapman walked Isaac Galloway, Canely got Rafael Ortega to fly out. He got Real Muto to, uh, called out on strikes. And... Galloway tried to steal second when Brian Anderson was up, but Higashioka threw him out to end the game. And the Marlins challenged it, and they lost the challenge. So the Yankees won 2-1, finally, after 12 innings. Like I said, they had a great weekend. They swept Toronto like they should, and they beat the Marlins as they should. But it shouldn't take twelve innings to beat that team. It really shouldn't. Uh the the lineup was just anemic last night. And hopefully. Uh, hopefully they'll snap out of it tonight. Now, tonight's pitching matchup pits Lance Lynn against Trevor Richards. Now, Lynn was really good over his first two starts and three appearances overall, because he came in um, during an abbreviated, I believe it was one of Sonny Gray's awful starts. And as a Yankee, he had a 0.54 ERA heading into a start on Friday against the Blue Jays. And then that all went away because he gave up five runs and just over five innings to the Blue Jays. So now his ERA with the Yankees is 2.61. Now the only guys on the Marlins who faced Lynn in the past are Castro, Dietrich, Real Muto, G- JT Riddle, and Miguel Rojas. Starling Castro has seen him the most. He's had 25 at-bats against him. No home runs, but four RBI. And he's hitting 360. As for Richards, just like last night's starter, he had trouble against the Braves in his last start. He allowed five runs in four and a third innings, and he's never faced the Yankees. And at home, he's 2-3 and with a 3.27 ERA in eight outings at Marlins Park. It always scares me when the Yankees face someone they've never hit against before because that happened last night, and it didn't go well. Let's hope tonight is a little different for them. Let's talk about the injury bug that has decimated the Yankees. It's as if someone has a Yankee voodoo doll, and I I, I don't get it. So last night Chapman came out of the game like I said after 6 pitches because his knee was barking. And in the worst news you could ever hear, Brian Cashman said that he felt more pain than usual in that knee. He had tendinitis originally. That's what was bothering him in the beginning of July. But for him to leave after 6 pitches and have his highest pitch velocity of the night be only 96 miles an hour. That's troubling. Thankfully the Yankees bullpen has enough guys to cover for him, but that would be a big blow. And let's see. Oh, Gary Sanchez is going to begin his minor league rehab assignment on Thursday in the Gulf coast league. And if that all goes well, he'll go to Scranton and play a week of games before he can come off the DL. They just want to make sure that he's totally okay and that his groin is completely healed. Now also last night I mentioned D-Rob in the recap a couple of times, but I didn't mention him as an active pitcher in last night's game. And the reason for that is he played catch before the game on Tuesday And he said that he felt he wasn't 100% and his shoulder was bothering him. So they decided to give him the day off. And then everything happened last night. Of all things to happen last night, an extra innings game where they couldn't pitch David Robertson. So hopefully it's just, I don't even know what it is. Just let's hope it doesn't turn into a serious injury. Aaron Judge, he still has not been cleared to swing a bat. Aaron Boone said he's better, but he's, he being Judge, but he's still not at the point where they can, as Boone said, put a bat in his hand. He said the fracture will tell us when. And Clint Frazier, who has been out for a while with post concussion migraine headaches, has been hitting and running in Tampa and doing okay. CC Sabathia will be coming off the DL, so there's some good injury news for a change, and he's scheduled to start on Friday in Baltimore. But like I said in the beginning of this segment, it's really as if someone has a Yankee voodoo doll and they're just poking it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> this season with the way guys are dropping like flies is reminding me of 2006 when Matsui nearly ripped his hand off trying to catch a ball, and he hurt his wrist. Sheffield hurt his wrist. Giambi hurt his wrist. It was just a mess. And, you know, all these players came back in time for the playoffs, but the Yankees still lost in the first round because they weren't quite there yet. And like I said in yesterday's podcast, this is what I'm fearful of with Judge. I'm afraid of him being out for longer than they expected. He was injured July 27th, and I just don't want him to be coming back, like, for the last series of the month of September, which is against the Red Sox, and, you know, he'll be rusty. So that's a fear I have. I have the same fear with Dee. At least Sanchez has a chance to come back by the first week of September. So he'll have a little while to get back into the swing of things. No pun intended. So the Yankees have won four in a row. And the Red Sox have lost three in a row. Now the Yankees are still eight games behind them and seven in the loss column. but. They still have six head-to-head matchups in September, including that last week of the season. So if the Red Sox cool off just a little bit and the Yankees can keep on winning against bad teams and they're playing nothing but bad teams until the end of the month, we could be looking at the division coming down to the last weekend, which would be frightening but exhilarating. And speaking of divisions, the Astros and the A's are tied now atop the AL West standings. That is going to be some kind of race. I am really looking forward to that, although I'm not looking forward to possibly the Yankees playing the A's in a one-game playoff. That scares me. And like I said in previous podcasts, I kind of prefer the Yankees playing the Astros, which is really strange to say, but the Yankees should be the home team. And I'd feel a little more comfortable with them playing the Astros at home. I'm not comfortable with the prospect of them facing Verlander because he usually shuts them down, but they've won games that Verlander has started. So, but the A's are just like, they really came out of nowhere. No one expected them to do anything really. And They're doing it with a hodgepodge of players. It's just unbelievable. I mean, Trevor Cahill and Brett Anderson are helping them win. (laughs) Like, what? Really? (laughs) Of all people? And uh, Chris, with a K, Davis, is on a tear. He's hit, I think, 17 home runs in his last 27 games. So that's really helpful to the A's. So, yeah, that, again, I think I'd rather face... Houston in a one-game playoff. What do you all think? Who would you rather the Yankees face, the A's or the Astros? I want to know if other people think the same way I do about it. Now I mentioned the Yankees and Red Sox and the possibility of the division coming down to September. Pedro Martinez, who is now... An analyst for both MLB Network and TBS says, says, says the Yankees don't seem to have the energy of a winning team. He said, I understand some key players are injured, but they don't seem to be hustling out there. Okay. As I mentioned before, I mentioned all the injuries that the Yankees have currently. Okay. If any other team had a Gary Sanchez-type player, an Aaron Judge-type player, and a Didi Gregorius-type player all out at the same time, how do you think that team would be doing? They wouldn't be rattling off four wins in a row. At least, I don't think so. So, don't give me that whole, oh, well, they're not hustling out there. I know people are injured, but it doesn't look like they're hustling. You know, it could be that they're a little down about their players being injured. You know, let's, let's see the Red Sox without Mookie Betts, JD Martinez, and I don't know, like Andrew Benintendi. Let's see how well the Red Sox would do without those three people in the lineup. Okay. So Pedro can drink a cup of STFU. Like, give me a break. You don't think the injuries are affecting this team and how they're playing. When they went on that role, in late April, early May, or pretty much the whole month of May, everyone was basically in the lineup. They didn't have any holes in the lineup. And that's why they did so well. Again, Sanchez, Judge, and Gregorius. Okay. Now, I understand that Sanchez is not having his normal season, but he still hit 14 home runs. Didi has over 20 home runs. Judge has over 20 home runs. So you're. Taking out at least 60 to 65 home runs from the lineup. You're taking out guys who can change a game with one swing. Three of them. Okay? Then you have Chapman who might be out. You have CeCe who just came back from the DL. You know, who knows with this shoulder thing with Robertson? Like I said, hopefully it's just an off day and his shoulder was just, you know, a little sore. Hopefully it's not a bigger issue, but you know, like be quiet, Pedro, seriously, just shut up. Like I know you get paid to be an analyst on TV and, you know, normally I don't mind you, but sorry, I think you're wrong about this. Of course the injuries are affecting them. And of course it's the real problem. So this past Saturday, The Yankees celebrated the 1998 World Series winning team who rattled off 114 regular season wins. And a lot of the players were there. Some players you forgot were even like there's a couple of guys where I was like, oh, right. He was on the Yankees. One guy that wasn't there was Ricky Leday, And you know why he wasn't there? Because the Yankees couldn't find him. Could you imagine? The Yankees, I'm assuming the public relations department would uh, take care of this. They could not find him. That is why he wasn't there. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I love that. I adore it. I think it's so incredible. And when I heard about that, it made my day. Because it's ridiculous. <laughs> How are you not able to find someone? With the internet and all that stuff, I mean, unless he's living in like some remote part of Central America and living in a hut or something because he wants to get away from it all, then maybe that's why they couldn't find him. Which doesn't that sound so good sometimes? I see all these people go to Costa Rica and, you know, they're staying in houses that are up in the trees and you have monkeys coming down hanging out with you on the porch and stuff. I wouldn't mind doing that. I don't think any of the Yankee players would mind doing that either in the off season. I often wonder when A-Rod retired, he talked about being able to spend the summer with his girls for the first time and even have a summer where you can do stuff like have family vacations. And I thought that was really interesting because, I mean, do you really think about that? Like, I don't even think about that. I just think of they're playing baseball and that's what they do. But I don't think about the fact that a lot of these guys have families and when their kids are off, they can't do much with them because they'll only have the all-star break, which uh, Nick Marcakis, who made his first all-star team in 13 years. He was actually complaining about that, (laughs) saying that he'd rather spend the four days off with his kids. And I thought that was so interesting and also wondered why that thought never crossed my mind. Because, you know, they'll have off days here and there. Like this week, the Yankees were off on Monday and then they're off again tomorrow before they go to Baltimore. Then there are other times where these teams are rattling out, you know, 20 games in 20 days or, you know, 21 games in 20 days because there's a doubleheader thrown in or something. And I just thought that was interesting from A-Rod. And speaking of A-Rod, nice segue. He was actually in a full uniform, full Yankee uniform, at Marlins Park. And he was watching batting practice and fielding drills. He was talking to Andujar on the field, and he also apparently was sitting with Andujar in the locker room talking to him. Now, if anyone knows about playing third base for the Yankees, it's Alex Rodriguez and the scrutiny and all that stuff. So that's a really good thing that he did that. But I find it so amusing that he was in a full uniform (laughs) in Jeter's team's home park while Jeter was up in his cushy owner's box. And that's another thing. During the broadcast, they showed Jeter. His wife was sitting next to him on his right. And another woman who I assume works for the Marlins was sitting to his left. And he was carrying on a conversation with the woman to his left And Hannah, his wife, just looked so bored. And someone took a screenshot of it and that shot is definitely turning into a meme. It's turning into a meme if I have anything to do with it. (laughs) It was fantastic. And on that note, we'll end today's episode. You can tweet me at StaceGots S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S or you can tweet the Lockdown Yankees Twitter account, which is Lockdown Yankees, you can tweet me questions, suggestions. I would love suggestions. I'm thinking of maybe starting a mailbag. Let me know if you guys like that idea, because that would be fun to do. And with that, I am off. Enjoy your day, and let's cross our fingers that Lance Lynn pitches like he did when he first came over and not like he did against Toronto on Friday.